What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Anthe Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. We're here, courtesy of Fantasy Alarm on the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? How goes it, man? Oh, it's draft season here, baby. It is draft season. Um, Want to find out how you continued in your uh, your draft champions league? There, and I just got off of a four hour broadcast of another fourteen team standard five by five roto league. It's uh, oh, we're in full swing, baby. Oh, we are, and we're only getting started. There's more drafts next week. We still have labor tout nfbc our home league so yeah i mean it's if you weren't ready you will be now um yeah you're, you're you would be pissed off because i've only made two picks since we recorded yesterday really and it slows down yeah, right? Everybody's man. like right out the gate all like <laughs> gung-ho and now they're like oh yeah man sorry I'm, I'm i'm having dinner and then i'm gonna sit with my kid for an hour yeah i don't know what happened but like uh <laughs> Brian Ambrose sent me a text and he's like, man, like what happened here? He's like, I feel like starting another one. (laughs) (laughs) Slow drafts, even with a four hour clock, not for the faint of heart. Not at all. Well, he, he, we had, we did the two hour clocks for the first two. And then he was like, do you want to do a two or four? And I'm like, well, the thing is he's up very early in the morning. I'm not. And I'm up late and he goes to bed early. So it kind of works. But, you know, there's times during the day where I just get really busy because, you know, I've got the betting article, the prop player props articles for NBA and sometimes DFS and then the shows and the prep for the shows. So sometimes uh, I get lost in stuff and, you know, two hours can go by and it's like, oh, shoot, that's right. I'm going to draft because when you have two co-owners, only one gets the email. He gets the email. I don't. So I have to remember to go check in and he sometimes gets really busy at his job that he doesn't check. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to get caught on a two hour clock. So let's just do four. And I figured, you know, this will probably be the last one. And then Monday is TGFBI. So I have that. I think that's four hour clock too. It's only 30 rounds. So usually that gets done in two weeks, sometimes a little quicker if you have a room. So I was like, yeah, I, we, I can deal with the four. And, you know, we're on the end at one. So we make our two picks and then boom. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely slowed down a little bit. All right. Well, so give a, give a, a, a refresher for everybody. And by everybody, I mean me. Your first nine picks, you had the number one pick overall. You took DeGrom to open it up. Give me the first, the, the rundown of the first nine again. Yeah, so started DeGrom, Luis Robert, Xander Bogarts, Corbin Burns, Liam Hendricks, Austin Meadows, J.D. Martinez, Matt Chapman, and Mike Moustakas. That's where we left off yesterday. Okay, okay. all right. And I and I believe I, I showered you with some praise. Yes, you did. Okay. You, did, you certainly did. Well, give me, give me a reason to shit on your team. I mean, give me a reason to uh, continue to praise your team with, uh, with picks 10 and 11. Yeah, a lot of sniping going on. Uh, definitely wanted a few guys that were taken, uh, like Ramon Laureano, Dominic oh. Smith, Josh Bell, all went. So had to make a decision, and I felt like we needed to get another arm. I think we're kind of in an area where they're not great arms, but, you know, we had two starting pitchers and one reliever, and, you know, we don't pick for a long time. Uh, so we went one of the picks with Tyler Molly. Uh, I really, I've always been a fan of him, and I like what we saw last year. 
kind of changed his arsenal a little bit. We saw the strikeout rate go up. Uh, walk rate was still a little high, but he also had a good whip too. Again, that's not a full season, but the strikeout rate went up considerably. And, uh, you know, I think he's a good pitcher. Uh, we saw uh, the hard hit rate go down. We saw uh, more swings and misses. So I, I like what we saw from him. And this is, I think, for casual leagues, you know, this seems high. But, again, the premium that is placed on pitching in the NFBC is pretty high. And, uh, you know, he used a slider more last year, which was a really good pitch for him. So went with Tyler Molly, and then kind of debated between – Michael Brantley or another outfielder and actually decided to go with our first catcher here. Uh, Travis Darno, who in the 11th round, it's not a bad price tag. I mean, in the previous round, Christian Vasquez and Yasmani Grandal went and, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with Darno a little bit with the Mets. He was kind of banked up, but as we know, guys leave the Mets and tend to do well. And, you know, Darno's <laughs> always been that top. He was a top prospect for a while. He's been kind of disappointing. I mean, you kind of still have to worry about help, but he hits in the middle of that Braves lineup, man. The guy had 34 RBIs in 44 games last year. You know, two years ago, 16 homers, 69 RBIs, batted 251. Look, he's not going to hit 321 like last year. We all know that. He had a 411 batting average of balls in play. But if you can get that one solid catcher that's not going to crush you, and he shouldn't. Like, he's not going to be a guy that hits 220. You know, I don't think so. I mean, his worst batting average – over the last four full years has been 244 and the last year's 251 and 321. Again, I'm not going to count the 321 last year, but 250, 260 in the middle of that Braves lineup. Um, so it was not really on the radar or part of the plan. And then I was going through the queue and I saw he's still there. So I threw him in the queue and he's like, yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, I threw him in the queue. He's like, I know I saw him throw in the queue and I kind of looked into it and I think that's how we should go. I'm like, all right, I'm cool with that. So this draft is like completely different than the philosophies that we both do taking a pitcher, the number one overall pick, taking a closer to start round five, taking a catcher in round. Well, I mean, the catcher thing is not crazy um, in round 11, but it wasn't kind of part of the plan. And then you see that he fell. And then Austin Nola went three picks later, who I do like, but yeah, me too. you know, I mean, I, I, so I don't know. What do you think? I mean, listen, I, you know, yeah, it does seem like a little high for Tyler Molly, but again, I haven't seen the board, so I don't know, you know, as far as, you know, other uh, other arms that I may or may not have liked at that point there. But I understand the pick and I understand, you know, the uh, the you know, the the certain, you know, underlying stats that that you have from him. So I dig that. I like the the, the Arno pick. I really do. I mean, I'm sitting here and, and we'll talk about the FSGA draft that I just broadcast, but. Man, I think that, you know, there are a lot of people who just kind of, you know, you don't need to take a JT Real Mudo early in your draft. I mean, let's, I like Real Mudo. I do. He went third in a four in, in the third in the third round in a 14 teamer that I just looked at there. And and I don't really see, you know, as big of a you know a need. You know, it's not like I the, the easiest way to throw the comparison down is the tight end position in fantasy football, right? You take Travis Kelsey because he's going to give you a significant advantage at the position. And the rest of the position is shit, right? I mean, we just, we we know that. Yeah, obviously Darren Waller, there are a couple of guys there. When you're looking at it from a baseball perspective here, yeah, is Real Muto the, the best catcher of, you know, in fantasy? Yeah, probably. But, you know, you take him, let's just say fifth round, you know, 
how much really, you know, major of a difference are we looking at? When I look at a catcher, I want to get, you know, if I'm taking a third round or a fifth round player, you know, I want either a really good arm or I want a really big bat. And I just don't think that Real Muto puts up numbers that can, you know, that that make him a difference maker. So I look to where you're looking as far as catchers go. I like Travis D'Arno. Um, I like a, a, a Sean Murphy. I like a an Austin Nola. You know, for me, basically, it's like it's a position that you can wait on, and you've got two options. You can either get a guy who's not going to kill your batting average, or you get a guy who hits 15 to 20 home runs, you know, bats 230 on the season. And that's kind of where it is. So I'd rather get the guy who isn't going to drain my batting average. Now, like you said, Diarno's not going to hit the same. He's not going to hit 320. But if Diarno hits 285, let's just say, or 280 even, um, I, I mean, I'll, shit, I'll take that any day of the week over, you know, a guy who's going to pop me 23 home runs, but he's going to hit 230 on the season. So I like, is it one or two catcher league? Two and 15 teams. So yeah, you want to try and I mean, get one solid. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot, actually. I hate to praise you. I really do. But I mean, I, I you know, I, I feel like maybe uh, Brian sent you the, uh, the, the mental message and then you put him in the queue. So I think I'll, I'll say that this was Ambos's pick. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we did want, we did want, we really wanted Loriano, man. And, uh, he just didn't make it back. Um, I knew Hosmer wasn't going to make it back. Um, and then Josh Bell was two picks away. So, Ugh. you know, yeah. Uh, and you know, it's going to happen in a pretty savvy league. I mean, again, I kind of had this discussion with Mike Masato, Mike the Mouth. He came on Alarm After Hours on Wednesday night, and, you know, he likes to crap on the industry leagues. And sometimes there's truth to it, I'm going to be honest. But at the same time, I also said, look, just because everyone puts up money in the NFBC doesn't mean they're good, you know. So I'm sure most are, but there are people that have expendable income that just want to go in there, and they might not be that good. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, so all right, you missed Hosmer, you missed Bell. What are you looking at for first base then? Oh no, we got Mustak. Well, we got the flexibility. Mustakas has first and second base eligibility. So all right, so who's your second? Who's your who's your other second base target? <laughs> uh, there, there's really no target right now. We're just gonna kind of see how the board plays out. You know, when you pick it on the ends, man, you just kind of have to wait and see what comes back to you. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you got you got you look at the position. You kind of try to have to figure it out because second base is just atrocious. Like it's atrocious. Um, there, I'm I'm wondering, you know, names that might be available to you at, at that point. I just, you know, I look at it and I well, say, the, all the right, the top after- names by ADP are VR, who obviously has been dropping now that he's with the Mets. He doesn't have an everyday job. Doesn't Nick have a job, right? Nick Solak, Andres. Jimenez, Nick Madrigal, Jake Cronenworth, Gene Segura, David Fletcher, Chris Taylor, Pro Far Lux. Those are the top ones. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Um, what about Song Kim? Is he still out there? Uh, let's see. Did he go for real? Let me see. Holy crap, he's gone. Wow. Wait a second. I mean, Come I did on. the search and he's not there. Where did he go? Uh, what color is second base? Not a lot of second basemen have gone. Orange. Wait, does he have shortstop eligibility here? How come I don't? That's crazy. This did he really go? I don't know. I don't know why it's not coming in my view right here. 
I do not know. Maybe is he shortstop eligible? I got um, maybe he's a shortstop eligible. Yeah, he's shortstop. He's still there. He's only shortstop right now. He's only shortstop. Right. Okay. So his ADP is one eighty five point four. So, but yeah, he's probably going to play some second base. So he could yep. gain that eligibility. Well, I mean, he's not taking Tatis's spot, and he's yeah. not going to play mm-hmm. third and play some Machado. Yeah, so he'll play second, but yeah. not every day. They might have to wait. You know. Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying to think of, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor situation is blah. Yeah, um, but I'm willing to take both. I mean, I got Lux in one uh, draft champions already, and I'm willing to take Taylor too. So Okay. Oh, there, uh, there you go then. All right. Even further down, McMahon, Garrett Hampson, you know, Gene Segura. You know, I mean, look, are they great options? No, but it's 15-team leagues, and if you're not going to take someone early – uh, Ty France has second base eligibility here. Oh yeah, yeah. Does um Colton Wong? There's some. Colton you know, Wong. they're not exciting, but like you know. No, maybe. I'll take Colton Wong. He's gonna kick in some speed. Yeah, his ADP has gone up too. So that's the one thing. You know, if you're doing these drafts, um, I advise you to kind of like view the ADP over the last week or two. Because if you just go, what's there? It's so misleading. The guys are signing late. Like Trevor Rosenthal is gonna be another guy. I like his ADP's ways off. Colton Wong's way off. So you have to be aware of that. And uh, I always try to, like, sort it over the last week or two. Um, the one issue with that is, though, the ongoing drafts will not calculate. So if say there's a draft in round 34, I believe that it needs to be complete before the ADP filters. I believe that. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's the case. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, all right. Well. You got two picks. How far away are you from your next uh, your next group of picks? Uh, pretty far. I doubt it's gonna make it tonight. After we we made the picks, like I don't know, two hours ago, um, that has been three, four, six picks since. So still a ways to go. Still definitely a ways to go. All right. Well, wishing you. Tim Heaney's on the clock. He's in this. Oh, so hit him up on Twitter. Be like, make your fucking pick. <laughs> Make your pick, stupid. <laughs> now nah, he's actually he's autoed a few times, so he's been prepared. He he's put it on auto a couple times, so tough to complain when someone does that. Yes, I would agree. See, that's a conscientious slow drafter. That's a con- I like that. I like a conscientious slow drafter. No doubt about it, because I hate the slow draft. You know, I hate the. Slow I know draft. you do. So painful, so painful. I don't know. I mean, you know, to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we could sit there and get into that debate. You don't mind it, right? I just, you know, again, put everybody on the same playing field, you know, on the same level playing field. You know when your draft is. You've got your clock. You've got your draft. You know, none of this, like, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wait four hours and see what news pops up and stuff like, like that to me just doesn't, you know, it doesn't jibe with me. That's, that's my problem with slow drafts. I, it's not even so much that I'm – impatient i want to get it out of the way it's that you don't need to give somebody and uh, you know an advantage like that you know i told you i it, it helped me it worked in my favor um years ago when uh when yoannis cespedes signed with uh with oakland right he did that while i was on the clock i was like 15 minutes into being on the clock and there was like some talk about the possibility of it happening and i was like all right i'm just gonna sit here and wait uh and then, boom, it happened. I was like, grab him. Happy. 
But I mean, I just, I, I just don't think that it's, uh, it's not an advantage that I, I, I want to be handing to somebody, especially when you deal with so many people who really aren't as prepared as they should be. Yeah, that's going to happen from time to time. You know, depending on when you do the draft, it happened to me in football one year. I was on the clock when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL, um, and I grabbed Randall Cobb, and the guy picking next to me had uh jordy nelson and he was pissed because what happened was i came back from softball and i was on the clock and i saw the news that something happened to jordy so i texted my friend i said hey i just got back from softball i'm gonna take a shower then i'm gonna make my pick uh you know trying to buy some time and right. he came out and i saw that he tore the acl and i took Randall cobb and he was so pissed he let the whole eight hour clock expire <laughs> and i thought i didn't do anything wrong no you didn't do anything yeah. wrong so I mean, look, you have to know that going in that, you know, we've all been in a spot where maybe we made a pick and then two picks later, the news breaks and you're like, damn shit, I should have let the clock run a little, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to do that intentionally. I'm just going to make the pick. But that's part of what happens. You know, I'm sure this happened. It probably happened, what, a week or two ago with Trevor Rosenthal, right? Imagine you're drafting and it's round 13 and or 12 and Rosenthal's still not there and you find out, oh, uh, now he's closing. Uh, for the A's. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> Rosenthal. That's a, that's a nice, uh, you got quite a nice break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And listen, I, I get, you know, or some people, you know, are, are into it and they like it. And, you know, it, the, the thing that always just rubs me the wrong way, too, is it's always like, you know, I'm like sitting there. I'm like hanging out. You no, know, being on the West Coast, it's like I finish my work day. I just want to like sit and chill. I know I got to get up early in the morning and then it's like, you know, I get the notification. It's like eight 30 my time. And it's like, all right, you're on the clock now. And I'm like, you know, I could, I could just pass on it or, or I could like get up and have to, you know, go and, and look and see and make my pick. And I just, it's, it's just always at an inopportune time. Like, I don't understand. I don't like people who say, you know, oh, I'm too busy to like schedule a draft. I think that's a crock of shit. I hate when people say stuff like that. Don't ever in a million years insinuate that your time is more valuable than mine. Right. If you tell me you can't find like over a month's time, you can't find a three hour window to do a draft. I think that's bullshit. Like, I, I'm sorry. I think that's that's a load of crap. And uh you know, it's people who don't want to like, oh, I don't want to draft on the weekends, spend some family time, whatever the case may be. Um, you can always find time to make a draft work and people just kind of refuse to do that. And I think that's uh, that's what just bugs the crap out of me. It's like, come on, man. You're telling me, you know, based on, on everybody's schedule, you can't find a day. You can't find one weekend in the month of March that you can devote three hours and just say to your family, hey, I got to do this. It's three hours. I'll be done. And then that's it like that. I, I don't I don't get that, Adam. I don't, well, some help people me understand. Are, some people are whipped in their marriage and they have no control. That's the problem. See, I don't buy that shit. That's garbage. Nah, that's some people are. I've seen it, bro. They're just whipped. They do whatever their wife says or husband. And, you know, you can't let that happen. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, the slow drafts that I do are draft champions leagues. There's not a real league. You know what I'm saying? So this is just it helps me. It's part of my research. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I usually do January, February, March, but my actual drafts will all be at once. Um, same thing, football. My home league, we did do a slow draft for a while. 
And then I'm like, because I think at one point it was 16 teams and, you know, one person or two people can't make this date, can't make this date. And I'm like, all right, we'll just do a slow draft. But I hated that because I felt like, yeah, there would be people I'd have to text people, hey, you're on the clock. Oh, I'm at work. I'll make the pick. And I know they're like researching, probably looking at my rankings and stuff. So I was like, you know what? Nah, we're going to do this all at once. We'll find the time to do it. So for your real drafts, yeah. I mean, the slow drafts for me that I do are are best ball for football and draft champions for baseball. But real drafts, yeah, you should do them all at once. I mean, it's fun, especially when you get to do it in person. And I know it's been difficult this past year, but I think you're going to start to see some more in-person drafts i know the nfbc is doing some this year in vegas in new york so um maybe home leagues might not do it yet but maybe by the time football starts we'll be able to do it again in person and uh there's definitely that fun element so yeah for your season-long leagues you should be doing them all at once yeah i i think so i definitely think so i mean just make it happen don't be don't be difficult and and I'm sorry, man, but yeah, being whipped in your marriage—I mean, what kind of a fucking marriage is that, dude? Like, you seriously, you, don't you know there are people? You you have to know people that are like that. No, don't? I don't. Oh, okay. I'm serious. Like, like even you my, don't my, know my any friend couple, Matt. You don't know I, any, my friend Matt who's married, who, where one person in the marriage has most of the control, and they need permission, and it's difficult for them to go hang out. No, because the people who I know who are married, okay, have a, you know, even, okay, even my friend Matt, who, you know, I can't stand his wife. His wife is is a terrible person, and, and she tries to be the control freak. Matt's got the balls to turn around and say, listen, I want to do this. You know, I mean, listen, you know, he, he, he makes certain concessions for her. Like, you know, he'll never he'll never party with us on New Year's Eve at a fish show ever again because that's his wife's birthday. Right. So, you know, he concedes that. Um, but, you know, I mean, listen, if it, if it means like hanging out with friends, you know, the weekend before or the weekend after. Well, then that's just that, that that's give and take right there, because that's what a marriage is all about. But I mean, even my friends who are married that have kids. Right. I mean, it's still, you know it's still a solid enough relationship where they can turn around and say, Hey, listen, I just, I want to do this draft. I want to go hang out with my friends, whatever the case may be. You know, it's not like, you know, the, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's my, my friends are a little bit more responsible that they're not like out partying with their friends on a regular basis. And, you know, and that pisses off the wife. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't know people who can't sit there and like, turn to their, their significant other and be like, Hey, you know, this is important to me. I want to do this draft with my friends. And, uh, and that's that, like, I, I don't know. I don't know people. You, you know, people that like, just can't do shit like that. Yeah. They have to lie to, to come to a draft. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. That makes zero sense to me. Well, of course it does. That's why you think I'm not married. I'm not dealing with any of that <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, is it? I, I, look, I let women know from the jump. Hey, this is what I do. It takes time. Blah blah blah. I gotta watch games, and you know what? Uh, most of them are understanding. I had one situation where she wasn't. She's gone. Well, yeah, she was gone pretty quick. Yeah, but I'm not marrying a chick that's not going to be cool with certain shit like that. Like, that makes no sense to me. You're going to commit the rest of your life to a woman who, like, 
it controls you who there doesn't are, let you I like, mean just do drafts or hang out with friends I, and all I know you're getting upset by this I don't know why but it yeah. actually it does happen bro like just because you don't know anyone there's people out there like that it's terrible it is terrible it's terrible but you shouldn't live like that like I've always said one of the most important things in life is happiness you know and there are people who settle because they feel like marriage is something that needs to be done. It's kind of, although I've noticed it even more in other cultures, starting to talk to some people outside the U.S. It's even more important in some other cultures where they feel like they have to get married in their mid-20s. But it's embedded in like, oh, you, you have to get married. It's the thing to do. And I think people get to a point where they get frustrated with dating or it's time consuming and they kind of just settle for whoever they're with. And they're really not happy at all. But it's like, oh, well, I, I need to get married and I'm 30. And, you know, this is the person that's put up with me. And, yeah, OK, fine, I'll marry them. And that's why I think a lot of marriages fail. That's depressing. It is. That's depressing. <laughs> but like, I, I'm, I'd rather be single and happy than married and miserable you know what i'm saying i, I just me personally i yeah. like I, some people some people cannot deal with being by themselves they get very lonely uh so they feel like they have to like they're kind of forced to find someone or they feel like oh, i'll just settle and get married to this person uh, but everyone's different i understand that but there's no need to be in a marriage where you're miserable and one side is controlling I mean, it's just absolute insanity. And but I've seen it, and there's some people that just kind of deal with it. And at some point, you're gonna blow a gasket, though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, you are. Like, I don't that's... care who you are. I don't care who you are. You might, you might like, oh, I can't do this. All right, I can't hang out. I can't. And then one day, you're just gonna lose it and blow up. And I've seen it. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, I have seen it as well. Which again, which is why it's just, it's just so foreign to me. You know, for, for something like that. I just, cause yeah, I mean, listen, life, you know what? Life sucks enough as it is. Right. A relation. And I've said this, I've had this discussion with women. Relationships are supposed to be the thing that brings you up, that brings you happiness to get away from the everyday grind of life, work, whatever it is, family stress. Your partner is supposed to be the one that creates the happiness for you. You don't want that to be another source of stress. And I understand there are ups and downs of relationships. It's never going to be 100% pure bliss, but it should be most of the time. And if it's not and it's creating a lot of stress, get the fuck out. Seriously, dude. Seriously. Like just hearing all of this makes me want to like go into the house, do a, do a huge bong rip. I'm going <laughs> to rub my wife's feet. For like a half hour, then I'm going to go down on her for an hour and then not expect anything in return. Just right, to well, thank so her for being understanding. Let's speed this up so you can go do that. What's that? Let's speed this up so you can get to that. Oh, I mean, I'll take my time. I might okay. fall asleep in, in between, but you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> so we can go and do that. We've heard Adam's draft. I want to give a quick shout out here to our sponsor at Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, the DFS site y'all need to be playing on. Here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks. 
which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, now my wife is like standing outside my office, tapping her toe, being like, "What she the heard. hell's going on here?" I just heard what you said. Get your ass inside. So, um, <laughs> just want to touch on uh, a couple of things from this FSGA draft because you know some interesting stuff happening here. Uh, number one, Adam uh, Mookie Betts goes first overall. Juan Soto goes second. That it's Acuna. That it's Tatis. That is DeGrom, and then it's Trout. Um, now, listen, I, I can understand the call for DeGrom over Trout. Like, I just, I you know, we had this conversation yesterday. I'm perfectly fine making that DeGrom pick early on. Um, talk to me here. Betts, Soto, ahead of Acuna and Tatis. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I can see going Soto one. I mentioned that before that I'm fine with that especially since he might run a little bit more at least that's what was said but I think he's one of the elite hitters in the game uh walks a lot just a phenomenal hitter I think if you're picking three or four man you're ecstatic though to get Acuna at three there's no way they thought that in Tatis at four man so look there's nothing wrong with Mookie Betts you know here I think sometimes really what you want out of your first round pick is a high floor instability, right? I mean, yeah, we want, we all want them to, to get the guy who finishes number one overall, but it doesn't really happen. Even Trout, as good as he's been, he doesn't finish as the number one, but you know you're going to get a huge floor when he plays, even though he's missed time with injury. I mean, Betts is as solid as it gets, though. I mean, he's a five category guy, uh, always gives you a high floor and average, career 301 hitter. He's still going to run. He stole 10 bases last year in 55 games, only got caught twice. Uh, it's a great Dodgers lineup. He maybe he doesn't have the power upside of Acuna, Tatis, and probably Soto. You know, his career homer uh, high is 32. So, but the floor is really high, and he's been a guy that stayed healthy. So I wouldn't do it, but I could see why someone would. Right. Um, you know, I I mean, really, what what's there to knock with bets? Really, nothing. No, there's nothing to knock with bets. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it. I just, you know, it's so funny when you're, you know, you're just used to seeing it yeah. over and over again. I think it's, I think it's more ballsy to take Soto at number two and pass up on Acuna and Tatis, you know, than it is to, you know, than, than it what than it would be to take Mookie Betts over those guys only because Mookie steals bases. And while Juan Soto says that he wants to, he doesn't necessarily. I mean, he had 12 two years ago. So, right. And six last year in 47 games. So there's no, it, he's already done it and he's 
uh, in the major leagues, 23 of 28. So he clearly knows how to steal a base. And if he is talking, uh, and he knows, obviously, contract and stats matter, why can't he steal 15? Maybe even 20. But let's say say 10 to 15. I mean, and with everything else that he does, I mean, I don't think it's crazy at all. Then in OBP leagues, forget it. I mean, you... I'm interested to see because Tout Wars is OBP, and that drafts a week from Tuesday. I mean, where is he going to go? Um, yeah, he'll probably – he might go one. Trout's got to go, go higher, too, because his OBP is ridiculous, too. That's a draft where you might finally see Trout in the top three or four. Yeah. Uh, not for me, though. I'm in Tout AL only, which means that I don't get any of these fucking guys. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's Trout, and then it's uh, – what? I mean, hitting-wise? Oh, my God. Trout's going to go for, like, 50-plus, I think, in that week. Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. more. Yeah. And then you've got Jose Ramirez. Like, I'm looking at this FSGA draft right now, and I'm looking at the entire first round, and you've got Mike Trout, Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, Jose Ramirez. That's it for the yeah, American two League. bats. Two bats out of 14. It's nuts. It's nuts. All right. And even, and even in the second round, it's Mondesi... Bogarts, Eloy, LeMahieu, Bichette. <laughs> it's great. I'm telling you, man. I'm so excited for my NL only in labor now. <laughs> <laughs> you could wait on shortstop and still get a top five guy. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Other things from this FSGA draft question for you. Bieber before Cole. Yes or no? No. I mean, Cole is more of a workhorse. He's done it over a longer period of time. I think Bieber's good, but again, AL Central last year, man, took advantage of that. And he uh-huh. was very good two years ago, but Cole's on a, a – Cole's a guy I expect him to probably have more innings. Uh, pitching for the Yankees will get more offensive run support. Um, and, and Cole's done it for a longer period of time. So I would go Cole. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, Josh Hader over Liam Hendricks. Um, I can't do it only because I don't think Hader is guaranteed to get all the saves. Um, What if he gets traded? We've heard his name rumored a lot. Uh, He wasn't as good last year either. Again, I know it was a small period, but there were times they didn't use him for days. I don't know why. You know, he pitched 19 innings last year, bro. 19 innings in 21 games. Isn't this a guy that we thought could pitch multiple innings? So I don't know what was up. Uh, his walk rate was high, doubled the previous year. I mean, the strikeout rate was was down, but it was still excellent. You know, whip was still good and all that. The strikeouts were there. But it just seemed kind of weird. And um, I just don't know if he gets every save opportunity. So they have Williams there, who was great, too. You know, what if they use Hayter for two innings one day? Do they not pitch him the next day in a safe situation? So that's my concern with him. So I, I have Hendricks over him, and obviously I took Hendricks over him in that NFBC draft, Champions draft as well. Actually, I took Hendricks. Next pick was Josh Hader. And I think in this league, uh, we saw Hader go, and then two picks later, Hendricks go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a – there in the in Monday's draft that I was in, uh, Liam Hendricks went, and Hader didn't go for another two rounds after that. Yeah, that's they devalued the closers in that draft. And that's sometimes see, and that's if you were the guy that took Hendricks, you're I don't know if you're you're probably not happy about that because you mistimed the draft room. I mean, 
it's tough because you're seeing other draft boards and those guys are going early. And then in that room, people are waiting. So that's where I always say you kind of have to read the draft room. And if you're not the first to take the closer and you see what's going on, you go, all right, I, I can wait a little bit then. And then you have to figure out, all right, where is the run going to start? Am I in on one of these top five closers? So, yeah, you know, part of it is reading the draft room. It's kind of tough when you're on the end. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, all right. Will Smith, the catcher, or Sal Perez? For me, yes. I actually have Smith ranked ahead of Perez. I'm actually not going to take either guy. I think they're going a little bit too early. Um, I know Smith, the question is, you know, will he lose some at-bats with the Dodgers? But this guy's a really good hitter, man. So um, I would take him. I think Perez is a very good catcher, but he's also had a lot of injuries in his career. He had a torn ACL. He had a concussion. He's getting a little bit older. Uh, catchers get banged up. Uh, he doesn't walk at all. He's just – he really hurts you in an OBP league. 300 career on-base percentage. Um, yeah, he had a 333 average last year. He had a 375 batting average of balls in play. He had 235 two years ago, um, 268 the year before, 247 the year before. I mean, the power is going to be pretty good. So, yeah, out of a catcher, uh, I do think the Kansas City offense is much improved or it's better than people think. Um, but uh, I, I, I'd i rather take Smith. Byron Buxton, round eight. Yay or nay? Uh, I uh, <laughs> I haven't taken him yet. I've always been someone that kind of likes him but doesn't push him up. Man, he is such a hard guy to figure out, man. Um, I'll probably say no, but I wouldn't be surprised if I wound up doing it. I know he added some muscle. I mean, look, the guy just needs to stay on the field. He played 39 games last year. That They still missed about 20. Uh, we've only seen one season over 100, and that was in 2017. So I get it. Um, 2019, he was good when he played. I mean, it was 87 games. He had 10 homers, 14 steals. Uh, the counting stats were good. He had 262. Uh, so, I, look, I understand why people are completely out on him. Like, it's it's easy to say, look, he doesn't stay on the field. He's reckless on defense. Uh, we haven't seen it. Why do people keep doing it? But, but, you know, he was the second overall pick. And I think that wasn't that the same draft, Dansby Swanson, right? They're the same age, I think. Yeah. Am I mistaken? Yeah. yeah. No, and no, look, it, right. it, it took Swanson some time, and I was never really big on Dansby Swanson until last year, and I am again this year. So sometimes it takes these guys time. I guess with the Buxton thing, though, it's, it's really helped. Um, so it is a little bit of a high price tag to pay, but, um, you know, he has that ability to give you pop and speed. You know, you wish he hit higher in the order for the counting stats, but um, not a target for me. I'll say that. But I am open to drafting him. It, it, listen, I'm the same way when it comes to Buxton. I, you know, I, I love the I love the the raw skill set of the player, right? I really do. I love the potential. Um, he is incredibly frustrating, and I, you know, I think I said this to you yesterday, right? I'm like, you know, I, I'm the guy who's like, I'm not going to get burned by Buxton again. I'm not going to get burned by Buxton again. And then all of a sudden, there he is in round 16. And I'm like, man, now there's nobody taking Byron Buxton at this point. And I grab him. Yeah, I mean, round 16, we wish. Uh, it's not going to happen. Right, well, you know. I, yeah. Okay, sorry, uh, round 12, round 13. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, round eight is kind of pricey. Uh, let me see where he went in. Yeah, he went around seven in my NFP to Tim Heaney, <laughs> who made his pick, by the way. <laughs> oh, Mazel Tov, Tim. Way to go. All right, last question here, because, yes, now uh, my, my wife says I'm not allowed to speak to you anymore, Adam, because uh, she wants to control my life. So here you go. Uh, it happened in round 12. Uh, it doesn't even matter what the round is here. The question I have for you, Adam, Shohei Otani or Notani? Oh, I've generally been someone that doesn't take him. I know there were reports today that he what, was throwing 97. Yep. Uh, and I guess, so in this league, what, you have to decide each week whether to use him at bat or pitching? Correct. Weekly moves. Uh, I'd probably say no. I haven't done it yet. Uh, I don't plan to. Uh, so I'll say no. No, no interest whatsoever. I, listen, I'm I'm the same way, man. I, I you know, I mean, he, he looked terrible on the mound, you know, where he just couldn't throw strikes. I get it. He's got a decent bat. I, I don't know, man. I just don't. Like, to me, I feel like owning Otani is more aggravation than than anything else. Like, you're never fully satisfied with what he's doing. You know, then there's the question of, you know, do I do I use him as a pitcher? Do I use him as a hitter? He's only going to, you know, get – he's never going to have a two-star week. That's never going to happen. And when he DHs, he's like, what? I don't know. If he's going to pitch once a week, you're going to get, what, like three, four starts out of him at DH each week? That's not, you know – to me, that's not productive. Yeah, I mean, he is intriguing because he got the power-speed combo, man. Um, and we know how difficult it is to get the steals. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of maintenance, man. I mean, if you're in a, in a daily league and you could shuffle in between pitching and hitting, hell yeah. You know, that that's that would be awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of these are weekly leagues, and it's just tougher trying to figure things out. And then what happens, like, okay, he's scheduled to pitch on Friday. I'm going to put him in a pitcher this week. He's got a good matchup against the Tigers. Oh, yeah, now he's scratched. <laughs> you know, or something. Oh, yeah, he's a little sore. We're gonna, but now you got him in the whole week, and I'm assuming you can't move him to offense, right, once you said put him in a pitching? So no, yeah, well, you declare him a pitcher at the beginning. Yeah, then that's it. Yeah, okay. so that's tough. It's a lot of maintenance. All right, okay. Well, we, listen, plenty of time to talk strategy. Good idea to get like a, a little eyeball here on some uh, some players. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll break down these draft boards. I'm just coming off of a four hour broadcast. I'm tired of talking right now. Uh, my wife's like, you better get to um, anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's going to do it for us here today. Like, we'll, we'll talk more about these drafts. Uh, next week again like adam said tout labor uh there's a whole mess of stuff going on so uh adam as always man thanks so much uh you guys can uh, obviously enjoy adam uh every tuesday wednesday thursday night from midnight to 2 a.m eastern on alarm after hours uh you can also catch him on lisa and does fantasy every monday night from 10 p.m to 12 a.m eastern time uh you have any friday shows weekend shows no Smart guy, smart guy. Cause your, cause your girlfriend won't let you. Exactly, I'm whipped. That, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, if you are going to get married, make sure it's somebody who isn't going to like control your life and, uh, and, and don't settle. Don't settle. That's, that's my, that's my words of wisdom right there for all you, all you engaged folk. Uh, you know, the institution of marriage is annoying enough as it is. Uh, don't get into it with somebody who, you know, isn't your best friend. There you go. On that note, love you all. Thanks so much for liking and subscribing. From my man, Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.